dark thoughts that often accompany becoming a mother are often kept private and not discussed. Many prefer to put on a brave face and find it challenging openly discussing dark or negative thoughts or seeking help. In this episode, I speak with Kayla Maguire, who talks about her journey as a first-time mum and the challenges she faced with postpartum issues and depression. Kayla really wants to help other mums in their pregnancy and childbirth journeys and started her own podcast called Parent Tell. Last November, and I was honoured to be interviewed by her recently, Kayla is very candid and open as she talks about her journey and has some great advice for first-time mums. I'm infant massage instructor Helen Thompson. Hello and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. Being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. So let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Kayla and um, welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I've been very excited about having you here. I'll get you to start by just giving my audience a little bit of information about who you are and sort of talk to talk to me about first time mums. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on. This is only my second time being a guest on a podcast as opposed to the host. So it's still a little strange, <laughs> but fun at the same time. Yes, yes, yes. So my name is Kayla. I am an American. I'm sure you can tell by now. <laughs> so I became a mom last year in May of 2020. And pandemic aside, that definitely huge effects on yeah, the end of my pregnancy, on you know my birth, my fourth trimester, all of that. But that aside, pandemic aside, I feel like when I was pregnant, there were so many things happening to my body physically um, and happening to me mentally that I just had no idea that that, you know, that you just go through so many different things that are way below surface level that a parent or a pregnant person had never talked to me about. And it was fascinating because I love to learn and I'm kind of a research person, but it was also really kind of scary at the same time. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was my first time, you know, my first time being pregnant and I just wasn't expecting, there was just so much more to it than I feel like we are led to believe even from our friends. So my son was born in May and I had a pretty difficult, I wouldn't say the whole fourth trimester, which is the first three months postpartum, pretty difficult, like two months. And I felt very isolated and Mm -hmm. the postpartum, you know, postpartum in general, was another yet another thing that just had so many twists and turns and so many potentially dark corners that again I just I didn't feel prepared for I felt like this the stuff that I was experiencing like postpartum anxiety or sleep deprivation or even just like 
getting to know my kid and learning how a newborn works. It's not something that I was seeing on my social media. It's not something mm. that I was talking about with my friends and my family. So again, it was just brand new information and it was all really overwhelming. And so I am now a stay-at-home mom, but before I gave birth to my son, I was a teacher. So I kind of feel like I started the podcast because the teacher and me didn't want anyone else to feel this way when mm -hmm. they got pregnant or right after they had their kid. So I started my podcast, Parent Tell, in November of 2020, just as a way to kind of bring to the surface the things that really go on in pregnancy, postpartum and parenthood that we're not seeing every day, but that almost every single person is going through. And, you know, it's really, it can feel even more isolating when you're going through something that's not being reflected in mainstream society, TV, movies, stuff like that, because it just makes you feel, sometimes it makes you feel like you can't do this or you're not a good mm -hmm. parent or there's something yeah. wrong with you. And I, especially, I feel like, especially since starting the podcast, I have learned that I'm not alone. There is nothing wrong with me. This is very, very hard. You know, it's not just me, but I really wanted to kind of just have those discussions and share that with everybody else to kind of let future parents or new parents, or even parents who've been parenting for 10, 15 years that we can talk about this stuff. It's okay. Mm -hmm. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to always rely on our highlight reel and say that everything is great and being a parent is awesome and we love it 24 seven because that's just not. It's just no, not it's not. Fun. It's not natural to be like that because it's, it is fun and it is good, but it's not like that all the time. And exactly. It, yeah. It's yeah. So that's pretty much why I started my podcast to just kind of talk about the parts that aren't as fun. We talk about the parts that are fun too, but we tend to, um, I just wanted to create a safe space for people to share their various pregnancy experiences, parenting experiences, because that is part of, I feel like that's part of the reason why there's so many things that really happen during mm -hmm. pregnancy and postpartum and parenthood that we don't talk about. And part of the reason is because there's so many different outcomes or there's so many different effects, like pregnancy affects every single person differently. And yes, of course it does. Yeah. Right. So I kind of just wanted to create this space where we can talk about anything and everything. It doesn't have to just be the positive things. You're allowed to say your unpopular parenting opinions or your unpopular pregnancy opinions. So that's what I do on Parent Tell. You have a similar sort of approach to um, your podcast as I do with first time mums, because I feel it's so important for first time mums to be able to, like you're, like you're saying, be able to talk about things because society is such that doesn't let it doesn't allow mums to sort of talk about it because they think, as you said, you, you, they think you're being a terrible parent or mm -hmm. you're not doing the right thing and you know they they keep you know that and society is very much like that so I I totally get where you're coming from because that's a sort of guideline of where I'm sort of going down so yeah I was just gonna say I feel like even just talking about it out loud yeah. even just verbalizing it mm -hmm. out loud can help us feel better and all it takes is one person you know to say oh my gosh me too I mm -hmm. or like yep I my son is not sleeping either or yeah, I have a really picky eater too. And it sucks. Or yes. I, I don't, I didn't like the newborn stage and 
that's fine. You know, even just saying it out loud, I feel like has a lot of power. Yes, it does. And it, it, it helps you to get through it as well. It helps you to understand where you're coming, you know, and other mums where you're coming from as well. And it gives other mums an idea of that it's not always that easy. So exactly. So I was going to ask you, as you mentioned, um, I can never pronounce it, so please forgive me, if I spell it, but postpartum anxiety, sort of what what exactly, you mentioned a little bit about it, but what I'm, I'm not so very familiar with it. So what exactly is postpartum anxiety and what would parents, if, if first-time moms were going to, if first-time moms are going through it, what would they sort of expect to, yeah, so, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So postpartum anxiety, or I'm sure you guys call it postnatal anxiety, exact same thing, is similar to postpartum depression, but different in that the anxiety, a lot of, you know, so anxiety is mental and it's Mm -hmm. kind of, I guess the easiest way to explain anxiety, anxiety to a person who doesn't have anxiety, which if you don't have anxiety, God bless you. I'm very jealous because (laughs) (laughs) the easiest way to explain is that in your brain, you have Google Chrome open and you have a hundred tabs open in your browser and it's making you feel overwhelmed. It's disorganized. Maybe like three or four of them are playing some music or they're playing a video and, but you don't know which tab is playing the video Mm, and you can't turn it off. It's just overwhelming and it's chaotic but it's in your brain, you know, like it's in your head. So postpartum anxiety looks different. You know, it's kind of like what I said before, how pregnancy is different for everyone. Postpartum anxiety is different for everyone, but in general, it can involve a fair amount of intrusive thoughts, which I actually didn't know were a thing until I, I was experiencing them. I didn't know that's what they were called. And I didn't necessarily know that that was connected to postpartum anxiety until I just happened to read a social media post actually that described exactly how I was feeling. So if you don't know what intrusive thoughts are, intrusive thoughts are basically those very dark thoughts that or scenarios that pop up in your head out of nowhere and, and just kind of catch you off guard to the point where like your own thought is scaring you or just like, whoa, that is really dark. Where did that come from? One of the most common intrusive thoughts that I had very early on was that I was going to drop my son. Like I was going to trip (gasps) and drop him. Yeah. But can I tell you something? I don't have any stairs in my house. There's no stairs in my house. So that right there is a prime example of, I have this scary thought. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm having this thought where I'm like, Oh my God. But I mean, the likelihood of me tripping, especially if we have no stairs in our house, super low. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and to this day, I mean, knock wood, I mean, he walks now. So if anything, we're like tripping over each other, but you know, I, I never dropped him, but that was a real fear that I had that I would be carrying this teeny tiny fragile human being and I would trip over something. And that was just, you know, something that constantly was on my mind or it would just Mm. pop up out of nowhere and kind of catch me off guard. And that's what an intrusive thought is. So So getting back to what you asked me, um, it looks like intrusive thoughts. It looks like your mind racing. You're having difficulty going to sleep. You're having mm-hmm. difficulty staying asleep. And obviously you're already experiencing that with a newborn because newborns do not know how to sleep through the night yet, but it's kind of compounded onto that. 
where it's, you know, the baby's finally asleep and you know, you should like, okay, I need to go to sleep. I need to go to sleep, but you're laying there and you're just thinking of all of the things that you wanted to do today that you didn't do, or Mm -hmm. all of the ways you were a quote, bad parent today. Um, and it's just really hard to settle your brain down and let yourself know that those thoughts are just thoughts and that thoughts aren't always real. And that's the really tricky thing about anxiety is that, you know, our brains are so clever. So we think a thought and we think it for so long, or we have the same thought for so long Mm -hmm. that we, we start to believe it's true, whether or not it really, you know, whether or not it it is, but yeah, yes, I can. Yeah. So it's just, there's a lot of tabs open up there. You are having intrusive thoughts. You might be having some, for me, it manifested itself in irritability and postpartum rage, which is another fairly common symptom or effect that happens to you in postpartum. And a lot of it comes from lack of sleep. I already knew that I loved sleep. I already knew that I needed my sleep before. Yes. And when you, yeah. And when you've got a baby, you that completely goes out the window. Yeah. You're up. Yes. Yeah. I completely underestimated the power of sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like before I had a kid, like, oh yeah, like I'm going to be tired. I, I know what tired is. No, I did not. You know. I, did not <laughs> I did not know what long sustained sleep deprivation was like. And that really affects your anxiety too. Cause if your brain is tired, you know, everything is just off. There's the chemical imbalance and my anxiety in general tends to manifest itself through anger. So I was mm-hmm. very irritable, you know, snapping at my husband, not really enjoying my son. And I will, mm. I will say like, I'm one of those people, I'm not a newborn person. And I knew that before I gave birth, I'm a solid, like, see you at six months and up, like, then we can hang yes. out before that. I'm just like, I'm personally just not super interested. And of course I loved my son, but the anxiety would creep in and I would feel like I'm not doing a good enough job or am I pumping enough milk? How come he won't sleep? And you know, it becomes, it becomes your fault. It is so mental and your brain is so clever that it ends up just tricking you into believing that these like negative, that this negative self-talk is real, is true. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not, I would say that one of the, I guess one of the other major things that I experienced when, and actually just told my husband the other day, I think it was yesterday we were having a talk and I said, I honestly think I had postpartum anxiety and it went undiagnosed. Yes. I, and I think, it, it took- I think a lot of moms, it does go undiagnosed because we, we've got so many expectations, what a yeah. mom in inverted commas should be like. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so much, so underestimated, you know, people don't talk about it and it's, it, I think it's, it's such a powerful thing to talk about, as we said, because I've come from a childcare background and I've actually seen so many mums who come in and they're they're just so fretful. They're fretful and they're very snappy and they Mm -hmm. don't want to leave their baby because they're getting very fretful about it. But then they know that they have to and they go away and they keep bringing you up every every five minutes sort of saying, oh, is my baby okay?" And, you know, so I've sort of I've learned it from that experience. But hearing it from you 
who's actually gone through it as a mum, it sounds quite tough to go through, but what would you say to a mum to ease ease the process a little bit? Because I, I know you've got to be very sensitive to what you say to mums when they've got it, because you don't want to for, you know push push anything on them. So what would what would your suggestions be to a mum who's gone who's going through it and you've gone through it? How would you what how would you support them? I am a big encourager, I guess, of talk therapy. I love therapy just because of how it's helped me as a person and how it's helped me to understand myself and understand my relationships with other people. I would say that if you feel like you just, it's very hard for you to relax or you kind of have this like constant inner monologue and a lot of it is scary or intrusive thoughts or negative self-talk, or you just feel like you have to constantly be on your guard almost Mm -hmm. to like constantly protect your baby as if, you know, there's danger around the corner. That's another big thing of anxiety is, especially when you're a new parent is you are just so, like you said, you're so fearful that something's going to happen to them that you're almost, you're just constantly on the lookout for it. And that, you know, I felt that way too. I had a hard time trusting other people with my baby. And I mean, Mm -hmm. we were, you know, this was early pandemic. So the only people that we saw, my mother-in-law came down to help us out for a couple of days. And then that was pretty much it. But I had a hard time even trusting my husband and I expressed Mm -hmm. that to him. And cause I just wanted him to know this is what I'm going through. And I know that it's not necessarily normal. So I'm just kind of like vocalizing what's happening. And I told him, I'm, I trust you. And I know that, like, I know it's fine, but I'm just having a hard time feeling comfortable with anyone else taking care of him other than myself. And it was hard for him to accept that because, you know, like that wasn't, that was not something we had prepared for. We hadn't had this talk about like, okay, so, you know, like, (laughs) but you don't, do you, you know, the baby arrives and you, you're excited you know when you're pregnant and you 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 don't think about oh god what's it going to be like when I have this baby you don't think about talking to your husband like that yeah I will because it's all excitement the excitement the adrenaline and the excitement kicks in yeah and it's also when it's your first baby you can't it's impossible to plan because you have you just have no idea how you're going to react how they're going to react like there's you just have no idea but I did tell my husband so I will say that pre-pregnancy, I already dealt with anxiety and depression. So automatically, if that is something that you struggle with pre-pregnancy, super highly likely that you might, you might get postpartum depression or you might suffer from postpartum anxiety. And so that's something I talked to my doctor about beforehand. I kind of said like, can you just put a little note in my chart? Please just watch her because I'm telling you right now, I already have these issues you know, mm-hmm, when I'm not mm-hmm. growing a human. So let's put it out there. But I, I think the only thing that I did say to my husband that had to do with kind of like my mental state as a new parent, I kind of told him like, these are the general signs for postpartum depression. If you are seeing this in me and I am not, you know, like, cause sometimes you you know, you can't you see the forest see for yeah. the tree. Yeah. You just, you can't see it. You don't know what's happening. So I said, you know, if you see this, I need you to kind of nicely, again, you have to be very careful and gentle and supportive with the way you speak to a new parent, because it's just such a vulnerable time. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, I need you to kind of like nicely say something to me 
and then we need to make a doctor's appointment. But I had no idea that postpartum anxiety was a thing at the time. So that didn't even, you know, like that didn't even cross my mind that my anxiety was going to get worse. But thankfully, you know, I was in therapy pre-pregnancy during my pregnancy and shortly thereafter. So I feel like that just talking to someone, a neutral third party, especially someone who specializes in the treatment of anxiety or depression or a maternal health, maternal mental health therapist. Um, that's actually my current therapist specializes in maternal mental health. And I feel like that makes a big difference in terms of how she can hear what I'm saying and help me to understand where it's coming from, from a parent perspective. And I know people have mixed views on medication. I, I started an antidepressant when I was pregnant because my anxiety and depression, again, very common, my anxiety and depression spiked during pregnancy because the hormones were, you know, they're just, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was struggling. So I started it about three months before I gave birth. And then I, you know, I had a really nice uh, midwife towards the end of my pregnancy. And I saw her for one of my postpartum visits and I felt comfortable with her. So I felt like I could talk to her and she said, that that helps. Yeah. You know, like finding somebody who you're comfortable with, someone who you feel like won't, is not going to judge you or make you feel like you're a bad parent or there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with you. Yeah. She asked me how I was doing and I said, I'm okay maybe we should try just upping my dosage just for a little bit. And so, you know, I did that and that worked for me. And I, as of April, what month is it? It's July. As of April, I, you know, with the doctor's approval and um, oversight, I weaned off of the antidepressant, but you know, a lot of parents need antidepressants to help them be a better parent. And we actually have an entire episode about maternal mental health because it, is a huge yeah, it piece is. that just goes so overlooked. And it's really sad that it just, there's so many people who are suffering and aren't getting a diagnosis or aren't getting the help that they need. Well, they're too and afraid to ask. They, they're they mm-hmm. too afraid to ask because of the stigma and they, they, yeah. they think that counseling isn't going to help them. And mm-hmm. they think that if they get a counseling, people are going to think they're a bad parent and you know, yeah. why are you going to counseling and you don't need to go to counseling. You can cope. And it's, it, it's not easy. No. And that's one of the reasons why I am very upfront about the fact that I go to therapy, the fact that I have been mm. on antidepressants and the fact that I don't love parenting all day, every day. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's not possible. It's not, it's human nature to not like it all day. Every yeah, you day. need you need your space. You need to have me time. I mean, I've done a podcast recently on self care, and it's it's giving your giving you the other mother time to have that self care because you can't look after your baby twenty four seven. You you know because you, know. you you need to sort of step out and say right. Well, it's I just want five minutes peace and or five minutes yeah. to myself. And when your baby's born, I I can understand why some people go through what you've gone through because you've just got this little bundle that you've, you've got to take care of. And, and yeah. suddenly, and it's, it's really, like, it's ah, overwhelming. Yeah. This. Yes. It is very newborns are very scary <laughs> they, because they're just so fragile and the weight and the pressure that you mm. feel to, to, you know, just love it one yeah, and also be really good at it. 
and also lose all that baby weight and be super skinny and, but exercise <laughs> yeah. and also yes. sleep and to just like be anything and everything for everyone else. When but it's you that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You just went through the biggest, I mean, the single yeah. biggest transition of your entire life. Yeah. Of course you need, like, you need a second, you need some time to adjust. It is not for most people, for most people, it is not automatic where you just kind of really throw yourself into this role and you're thriving. It's just, it takes time. It, there's a huge transitional period. I feel like I didn't start kind of feeling more like my pre-pregnancy self until my son was about nine months old, 10 months old. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, it's a long time. It is a long time. And I think, but did you, did you have a supportive husband I mean your husband was he supportive and helped you or yes thankfully I have a really really supportive husband we I feel like I always thought of us as a team before we had our son and now though I feel like our we're much we're much stronger we're much more cohesive and we know how to work together in order to take care. Yeah. But that, you know, but that doesn't come overnight either. Um, No, I bet it doesn't because it must be overwhelming for the dad as well, because they suddenly Mm -hmm. got this little bundle that they've got to, and they, I I mean, from dad, I don't know, from the dad's point of view, we're not going down that route, but I just meant, you know, (laughs) with the breast, you know, when, when you're breastfeeding or, well, if you're breastfeeding particularly, the dad probably feels, oh gosh, you know, I don't, this little baby's part of me, but mum's mum's looking after it you know what do I do yeah. I've just got to sit and sort of look at the baby and go oh what are we? <laughs> yeah it's we actually I have an episode about the changes that a relationship goes through when you have a baby as well and it's it's very strange because the way that you see each other is different mm. the way that you interact with each other is different for a very long time. I would say it probably took the first five or six months of my son's life for my husband and I to kind of figure out how we work together and how to kind of be a team. It takes, you know, like, again, it's such a big transition. It takes, takes time. And how to reconnect and how to reconnect with yourself as well. And how to reconnect and have that relationship, intimate relationship that you had before. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. No, because that's, yeah, that would be, because I mean, you've, your, your body's gone through a completely different change, you know, change and you've, you've might've Mm -hmm. had stitches. You might've had all that. And, you know, suddenly you think, I mean, we weren't going to talk about the sex side, but I'll, you know, that must be, (laughs) that must be. That's okay. I have an episode all about that coming up soon. (laughs) (laughs) But that must be pretty hard as well, because I mean, it's, I guess that's all part of what we're talking about. It's part of the postnatal depression and anxiety because that can be an you know an anxiety for you as well oh you know, yeah gosh, I want to have sex with my partner but gosh you know I'm feeling anxiety and oh gosh I've got to go and look after the baby oh the baby might the baby might be might, might not wake up I've got mm-hmm. to go and do that so it's all I guess I guess that's all part of it yeah there is a term that I learned about five or six months ago called matrescence oh and I feel like the way that you can kind of relate it to something that you already know is when you think about pubescence. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you are going through puberty, 
your body is changing, but your brain is really changing. And, you know, like that's why some days your 13 year old kid acts like a total jerk. And then 20 minutes later, they're super nice and they love you and they want to hug you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just that transitional period where you're just growing and you're trying to figure out this new life stage. So matrescence is matrescence is basically the exact same thing. It's the transitional period that a mother goes through when they first have their baby and they're trying to figure out how they're going to do this. Who are they? Can they do this? Who's going to help me? And it's, it's really, really hard. It is not as easy as I feel like social media makes us think or the TV and movies that we grew up watching makes us think. And uh, that's always, I always come back to that when I talk about why I started the podcast, because I think it's important for everyone, not just parents, but everyone to understand these are the things that are happening to a birthing person or to the birthing person and their partner. And these things are very hard. Like, let's give a little grace. You have to have a little time and patience because it's not, you know, it's not just like, oh, you're pregnant eating for two for nine months. And then you push two times and the baby's out and everything's <laughs> pushed two times. You know? Come on. I, I don't think, I mean, I know some people are lucky, as you say, media give us that. Yeah. There's definitely because... this narrative. There's this narrative out there that it's pregnancy kind of follows this, you know, very linear formula. And unless you, right. But unless you have experienced it, unless you have someone who has experienced it, who has talked with you honestly and candidly about it, it is, I mean, it's a roller coaster. You're going left, right, up, down, backwards, forward. Like it is so much. And it's, that's a lot for Mm. a human, one person to handle, even if you have support, you know, it's still, it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And I think it's people have, you know, people have got to sort of, as you say, give them, give the mother and the and the baby and the dad sort of respect to sort of think, wow, you've actually, you've actually done it. Congratulations, rather than, yeah. oh gosh, you know. Yeah. yeah. When are you fitting back into your pre-pregnancy genes? I mean, never. <laughs> yeah, and it's society that expects you to, you know, lose that weight really fast and you, you yeah. know, they expect you to be slim trim again and you see all these supermodels so who've supposedly had baby well I'm I'm sure they have had babies that's a bit of enough to say <laughs> to say but you see all these supermodels who are out there that are so slim trim after they've had a baby and you sort of think well that's that's yes you can be slim trim after having the baby if you go jogging with your with if your you baby and, trainer. and everything else yep. but mm-hmm. it it takes it takes work yes. it doesn't just and happen overnight but then I guess yeah. I don't know I guess some I'm, I'm putting this out to you as a mom I guess there are some moms out there who just naturally fall back into it you know there are moms just just naturally get their bodies back I don't know if that's possible but I will say it's been interesting to kind of when I was pregnant I knew at least like two or three people who were pregnant and also very close to where I was, you know, week wise in my pregnancy. And at first, you know, I did the comparison thing and why doesn't my body look like their body? And they've lost, you know, like they've lost more weight than I have. How come my body is different, Mm. et cetera, et cetera. But I have kind of realized that a lot of it truly is genetic. It really, it really is. You know, I have a friend who just gave birth 
less than three months ago. And I saw her and she met my son and I met her son and she looked, I mean, she looked like she looked five years ago, you know, like she looked the exact same. I know I look different, but it's, it's so genetic. Her family are all super tall and thin. And my family is tall, not as tall mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. as thin, you know, it is really, it's one, again, one of those things that you constantly have to remind yourself to a not compare your yes. body to other people's body, which way easier said than done. Yeah, I, of course it is. I've done a lot of curating on my, so I pretty much only use Instagram. I've done a lot of curating of my feed and kind of deleting people who are making me feel bad about myself or deleting people who I feel like I'm comparing myself to, you know, like I've just, I've curated my feed to reflect what I believe in, what I think, Mm -hmm. and to also not make me feel shitty about myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Cause you know, like that's, that's not what social media is for. That's what happens often. I feel like, especially when you're a new parent and again, you're just so vulnerable and you're up late at nights and what are you doing? You're on social media. Yes. But you're up late I, at night because your baby's not sleeping or you're breastfeeding or you're mm-hmm. feeling exhausted. And as you say, overwhelmed and you just need, you just need to sort of have a bit of mum time. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. But you just have to be, you know, it does. I feel like it takes some time to kind of separate real life from social media life Mm. and it takes a lot of I guess like a lot of self-awareness to unfollow or block people so that when you go on social media you don't close the app feeling fat or feeling less than or feeling inferior you know like Mm -hmm. it was it was great you saw what so-and-so's doing and oh she had her baby and that's the baby's name and you close it and it's not you know, negatively impacting the rest of your day. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's very, I think that's very valuable to, you know, for mums to know, because a lot of, a lot of them take, take it all on board. And that's, you've just got to just close. If people are like that, you just delete them from your. Yep. And it's because. Yeah. So much, again, so, so many things that I said are so much easier said than done. Um, of course they are. Yeah. Of course. Right. You know, if you're listening to this and you're a brand new mom, you know, I, my son is 14 months old today. And oh, congratulations to your son. Thank you. And to you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and I will say though, Kayla, 14 months postpartum is extremely different than mm-hmm. Kayla four months postpartum or four weeks postpartum, you know, like, again, it takes time a year ago, my son would have been two months, right? Yeah. He would have been two months old. I was not thinking these things. I wasn't able to kind of just Mm. speak like, Oh, just unfollow people if they bother you. Yes. And it's not that easy. No, no, no. It's not exactly. Yeah. I was, I was deep in that anxiety comparison mode and it was stealing my joy from my life and from just, you know, just embracing the fact that this is, you know, this is how my pregnancy went. This is how my postpartum body looks and nothing else really matters because I don't have their body and they don't have my body, you know, mm. but again, it's way you, easier said than done. Just, you yeah, have to just, gonna keep working. Yeah, just keep working at it. Well, to, to finalize this, as you've just said that I'm going to ask you a question about what magical tip would you give to a first time mom? You've basically said that, but as a, as we've been discussing all this, 
um, you know, what, what, what it can be like, what sort of magical tip would you give to that mum when you back 14 months ago or no, 12 months ago when your, when your baby was two months old, sort of what magical, you know, that you've got your experience and you've had a bit of experience. What would you sort of say to that mum who's going through what you went through when they were two months old, when the baby was two months old? So like I told you before we started recording, I've thought about this all week because I knew you were going to ask me this, <laughs> about this all week. And th- I mean, this is how you know I have anxiety that I thought about it. All <laughs> <laughs> and there are so many things that I would say, but I think one of the most important things that I wish someone had said to me is that you don't have to do everything by yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed, like we as humans are not designed to do this by ourselves. You know, like we are pack animals, just like wolves, you know, just like dolphins. Like it's not something that you're supposed to be alone doing. So if you feel alone, very like try, 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 try to speak up for yourself and you know, join a support group, join, join therapy, um, go to the park and try to talk to other people. It's so funny. I'm giving that advice because I would never do that, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I would say just please remember that you're not supposed to do this alone. We're not designed to do this alone. You don't have to do it all by yourself. You don't have to be everything for your child all the time. It's, not supposed to be that way. You are supposed to still be a human being, still be your own individual person. And that means occasionally handing the baby off to someone and not my like hands in the air, not my baby, not my problem. (laughs) And again, (laughs) a year ago, I could, I would have done that. I would have been able to do it, but it, the anxiety in my head, Mm -hmm. you know, at the time. So I totally understand that it's easier said than done. And then it takes some time to kind of just even work yourself up to ask for help Mm -hmm. or to kind of even verbalize that you're struggling. But I think a lot of us have this perception that, well, I'm, I'm the mom, I'm the parent. So it's all up to me and I I have to do everything and it's, it's gotta be me. And (laughs) yes, like, sure. You are very much capable. You can, but it's not the best, not the best idea, not the healthiest yes. thing for you. And you want to be healthy mentally and physically because you want to be there for your child. I very much am constantly reminding myself that when I, you know, tell my husband, like, Hey, I need a break. Like I'm going to go into our guest bedroom. I'm going to watch TV for an hour. I just need some alone time. I'm very conscious of the fact that I'm doing that because an hour or two later, I'm going to feel better. And then I'm going to be a better parent. You know, it all trickles down like you, yes, you are the source, but if the source is dry, it can't feed anyone else, you know? So you have to just know that you can't, you're not supposed to do it alone. Get some time for yourself because you're supposed to have time for yourself. You're still, you're still, you may not feel like it, but that pre-pregnancy person, they're still in there. It's yeah, take and you're some still time. a woman who's got who's got the needs as well. Yeah, you and it's your right, you know. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. just like you advocate for your child, you know, you, 
you have to advocate for yourself. You take care of your child. You got to take care of yourself too, so that you can take care of your child. It's like that before, before I go, it's like that scenario in an airplane where they say to you, take, give yourself oxygen first and then give it to your child or give it to the person next to you. Because if you don't give yourself that oxygen, you're not going to be able to give the oxygen to your child because you're not mm-hmm. going to be in a state to be able to do that. Yeah. And I think I that my like father I... used to find that really hard to understand. I used to say that to dad all the time, but my father was one of these people who just gave, gave, gave to everybody mm-hmm. and he didn't give to himself. And I said that to him one day and he said, but I've had my life, you know, I want to give it to you because you're, you know, and I sort of thought, yes, dad, that's true. But if you don't give, if you don't give yourself that oxygen, you're not going to be able to give it to me. And he took, and he, that he found out that concept so hard. And I think that's a great concept for a, a, for a mum, you know, to just know that they've got to take care of themselves. Yeah. So I feel like that is, I, I never had a hard time understanding that, you know, that idea until I became a parent until all Mm. of a sudden my knee jerk reaction, if someone were to ask me like, quick, who do you put the oxygen mask on? My first, my first answer is Robin, my son. Yes. And so, and you know, like it's, and I, so now it's like, no, 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 wait, nope. Hold on. Mm. Mm. And again, like you have, you have to put on yourself first in order to be able to help other people, but it is as a parent, it just no longer it's a hard, it's a very hard yeah. thing to do. Yeah. It almost seems so. just incorrect. <laughs> yeah, it does. Definitely. Yeah. So after our wonderful discussion and you've you've given great tips, how if a mom wanted to sort of get in touch with you or have chat with you, or how would they how would they go about doing that? I know you've mentioned your podcast. Yeah, I spend, I would say I spend majority of my time when I'm not recording or editing. I spend a lot of time on the podcast Instagram account and that is parent tell uh, no space. It's all one word, just the word parent with the word tell. So quick teeny tiny story. So basically came up with the idea, the concept from show and tell. I don't know if you guys have that. Yes. yes I have, yeah. Okay. So instead of show and tell it's parent and tell, and I just took the and out. So on Instagram I'm on, or I'm at parent tell. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I am always open and willing to receive emails from anyone and everyone. And so my email address is parenttellpod at gmail.com. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. So thank you so, so much, Kayla, for coming on. I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. I've actually learned a lot, lot more about um, postnatal depression and anxiety than I knew before. So it's been, it's been great catching up with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been really great. It's been a pleasure. Kayla shared some great insights of her journey and I learned a lot from her. I think it's so important to acknowledge how you are feeling and don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. I've included a link to Kayla's Parent Tale podcast in the show notes and I highly recommend having a listen. You can access this at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero two eight mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero two eight if you're looking for additional help or resources i also run a free facebook group called first time mums lounge 
So please join me and you'll gain access to tips to help you and your baby through the beginning stages of your journey. You can access the group by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash Facebook. mybabymassage.net forward slash Facebook. I also welcome questions, comments and feedback on my podcast episodes. Please feel free to reach out by sending me an email at info at mybabymassage.net info at mybabymassage.net and once again thank you so much for listening.